Welcome to Hymology on the Gospel Radio Network, a program sponsored by the Mars Hill Church of Christ, located at 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. You may contact us by phone at 615-203-3637. If you would like more information about our congregation or this program, you may visit our website at www.marshillcoc.org. We invite you to join us every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. right here on TGRN.org. And now, here is your host, Brother Kyle Webb. Welcome once again to Homology, and I'm glad that you are able to be with us today. Today's study follows last week's lesson on a song called Sowing the Seed of the Kingdom. And the song that we are looking at today is very similar in theme, but we'll also notice some differences between the two. But our hymn of study for this week is going to be Bringing in the Sheaves by Noel Shaw and George A. Minor. It's a song that is well known, and and I think most of us are familiar with it, However, it's not in all of the hymn books. It was not in the the book in which I was raised with. We didn't sing it very often in services for that reason. Um, But it is in most of the hymn books and is very familiar. If not the words, I think the tune has been used in several different things as well. But as we begin looking at this song, Bringing in the Sheaves, we begin with the hymn history. And we'll start with our writers. The words were written by Noel's Shaw. Noel Shaw was born in Butler County, Ohio on October 13th of 1834 to Alban and Hulda Griffin Shaw. His family moved to Rush County, Indiana when he was very young. His father died when he was only 12 years old. And following his father's death, he helped his mother by working teaching school, and playing the violin at various social gatherings. After hearing the gospel, Shaw was immersed into Christ on September 13th of 1852, and he remained a faithful Christian. In October of 1858, he was asked to make a talk at church, and he did so well that the congregation encouraged him to preach. He dedicated himself to public preaching and Joining his preaching with his musical ability, he became what is known as a singing evangelist. He began preaching in meetings anywhere he was invited, and it is said that more than 12,000 people were led to Christ through his ministry. In some of these meetings, 200-plus souls were added to the Lord's church in one meeting alone. As we look at his personal life, he was married to Martha Finley on January 11th of 1855. He passed away June the 7th of 1878, killed in a train wreck on his way from Dallas to McKinney, Texas. His final recorded words were, Oh, it is a grand thing to rally people to the cross of Christ. He published a number of hymn collections, such as Shining Pearls, published in 1868, Sparkling Jewels in 1871, and The Gospel Trumpet in 1875. 
Some of the hymns for which he is most known for writing include I Am the Vine, Tarry With Me, and of course, Bringing in the Sheaves. The music for this hymn was written by George A. Minor, who was born in Richmond, Virginia on December 7th of 1845. He was educated at a military academy in Richmond and served in the Confederate Army in the Civil War. At the ending of the war, he began teaching in singing schools in Virginia. In 1875, he founded Hume Minor Company of Richmond and Norfolk, manufacturing pianos and organs. As we look at his personal life, he married Jenny B. Pope, the daughter of Captain J.H. Prince of Green Plain, Virginia, in 1886. He was a member of the First Baptist Church in Richmond and led the music for the Sunday School program. He published several hymnals, including Golden Light, Numbers 1, 2, and 3, published between 1879 and 1884, Standard Songs, published in 1896, and a children's collection, titled The Rosebud. He is most known, however, for his contribution of music to bringing in the sheaves. As we look at this hymn, it was first published anonymously in Shaw's Golden Gate for the Sunday School, published in Cincinnati, Ohio, in 1874. It first appeared with Shaw's name in his own The Morning Star, a new collection of Sunday School music, published in St. Louis, Missouri, by Christian Publishing Company, in 1877. The music for this poem was originally based on Miner's tune, but it was later set to Miner's original melody. Both the lyrics and the music are dated 1874. And the information that I was able to gather for this is found in the book Hymns and History, an annotated survey of sources by Forrest M. McCann, published in Abilene, Texas, by ACU Press in 1997, and also a couple of good websites to, to go to if you've not visited those already, hymnstudiesblog.wordpress.com and also hymnary.org. As we look at bringing in the sheaves, we look at its context and meaning. The song is based on Jesus' parable of the sower. In contrast to the theme of our previous hymn study, on sowing the seed of the kingdom, in which the theme's emphasis seems to be on the reaping, in bringing in the sheaves, it seems that the emphasis is placed more on the sowing and how it is to be done. I want to use the text today from Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 8, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up, and with it and choked it. 
but others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In this parable, we find that the sower went out to sow seed. And we understand from that that without the sower, the seed would not have been sown. So that was a, a very important part in the sowing. Jesus encouraged his disciples that they must sow the seed. The seed will fall in various soils, and some will yield a crop, though most may not. Sowers are necessary for the growth of the crop, the kingdom, the church. The seed is the word of God, and all Christians are to be sowers. Jesus explaining the parable in regard to the seed being the word of God. In verse 11, he says, Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And in regard to our understanding of all Christians being sowers, we recognize what Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to, to teach others also. Timothy had a responsibility to commit the word, to commit these teachings to faithful men who would be able to teach others. That's us as Christians. We have the word committed to us, not just so that we can obey it ourselves, but also so that we can share it with others who will continue to share that message with others as they go. As we begin looking at the lyrics of Bringing in the Sheaves, we begin with stanza one. Sowing in the morning, sowing seeds of kindness, sowing in the noontide and the dewy eve, waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. We are to sow at all times throughout our lives and and that's one of the things that we noticed last week the morning the noontide the eve all of these are, are not references necessarily to a particular time of day but they are references to a particular time in our lives in the beginning in the middle in the later years of our lives and as we are sowing in the morning and in the noontide, and at the dewy eve, we are sowing seeds of kindness in anticipation of the harvest to be reaped. Waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping. Jesus, in explaining the parable of the tares, tells us the harvest is the end of the age. Matthew 13 and verse 39. And we anticipate the end of the age, the end of the world, as it's put in the King James Version, when his harvest is to be reaped. And Christians certainly have reason for rejoicing, while many in the world do not, for they will appear before the Lord, faithful 
and bringing in the sheaves. There are going to be many that, on the other hand, appear before the Lord unprepared, and they will face a, a reaping of a different kind. But we can rejoice in knowing that we will be found faithful in the Lord's sight and that we will receive the reward that he has promised. As we look at stanza two, sowing in the sunshine, sowing in the shadows, fearing neither clouds nor winter's chilling breeze. By and by the harvest and the labor ended, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. And again, we have that line at the very end that is repeated in all of the verses. But sowing in the sunshine, sowing in the shadows, this is in reference to day and night. Christians are to sow the seed, whether it be in sunshine or whether it be in shadows, whether it be in the morning or the evening. We are to constantly be sowing the seed throughout our lives. As we are faithful Christians, we are constantly sowing the seed and planting it in others, sharing with them the gospel so that they also might become Christians and so that they might also share the seed with others. We are to sow the seed despite the elements that we face, fearing neither clouds nor winter's chilling breeze, despite whatever the elements may be. Think of farmers, for instance, who sow not knowing the crop they will produce, nor the weather conditions that they will face in the near future. They might have an idea based on uh, the farmer's almanac or, or what have you, but uh, they, they don't necessarily know exactly what those conditions are going to be. And so we are to sow, not fearing our elements. There are many things that might lead us astray if we're not careful. But we're not to fear those elements. We're not to fear the things that could hinder us, but to constantly be thinking of what God wants us to do and knowing that he will supply our needs as we go along. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Christians are to remain attentive, caring for the seed planted as needed, not leaving it only to self-care, but making sure that we supply whatever is needed to, to help it to grow. We still need to provide encouragement and help when it is needed in the lives of those who are converted to Christ. And sometimes we fail in that. A lot of times, we'll be honest, we do fail in that area. A lot of times we baptize someone and, and we don't follow up. We don't encourage them. And sometimes that seed is uh, something happens to it that it does not grow. We anticipate ultimately the end of our labor. By and by the harvest and the labor ended. A time will come when we can no longer labor in God's vineyard. In John 9 and verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, Jesus says. 
The night is coming when no one can work. When this day comes, then we will reap our reward. Based upon the way that we have lived our lives on earth, we will reap our reward. When that day comes, when we face that final judgment, there will be no time left to respond to the Lord's invitation ourselves. There will be no time to teach. We'll, we'll have done all those things that we can do in this life. And whatever is lacking in our faithfulness will be lacking in judgment. And then it will be too late. Come to stanza three. Go then even weeping, sowing for the master. Though the loss sustained, our spirit often grieves. When our weeping's over, he will bid us welcome. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. It is important that we remember for whom we sow and work. It is not for the elders of the church that we sow and work. It is not for our ministers. It is not for our congregations. Even though we do certain things with those in mind, ultimately our sowing is for Christ himself. Our work is for him. Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 and 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Let's face it, if we were to serve humans, uh, oftentimes we would be uh, discouraged by the response that we get uh, or lack of response that we may get from them. But we're not sowing for them. We're not working for men. We are working for the Lord himself. And may we never forget that. Often it is that our work may become cumbersome and difficult. And it may seem to us that the loss is more than the gain. But having different roles in the kingdom, we may not know fully our contributions to the Lord's kingdom. Let's not become discouraged in what we don't know because there's a lot that we don't know about what we are doing. Maybe it seems that we're not doing anything at all, but maybe we're doing much more than we recognize. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 8, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. It may seem to us, again, that, that, that we're not doing that much in the kingdom, but it may be years before someone thinks of some kind of encouragement that you have given. And maybe it, it, it leads them to obey the gospel. Maybe it leads them to, to be faithful. And we may not understand exactly how that works. We may not know. But let us remember that it is God that gives the increase ultimately. 
whatever part we play in the sowing of the seed, whether it be the planting or the watering, uh, in the initial sowing or the care, it doesn't matter as long as we are working for God. We know that He is the one that provides the increase. And as we come to the chorus, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. And it repeats, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. As promised, those found faithful will be rewarded for their labors. We are working for a reward, a reward in which we know through the scriptures. We are working toward eternity with God, to be with Him forever. And as we read of the parable of the talents, we read the men in that parable. You had the one that had the five, the one that had the two, the one that had the one. Uh, the ones with the five and the two, they doubled what they were given responsibility over. And they were well-pleasing to their master because of it. In Matthew 25 and verse 21, we read, His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Those are the words that we are hoping to hear at the end of this life, that we have been found faithful. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. The reaping for each one of us may be different. We may not bring the same number of souls to Christ as those around us. But as we are faithful with what we can be responsible with, as we are faithful over those, and as we sow the seed and as we bring them to Christ, we will be rewarded for our labors. And we will hear those words enter into the joy of your Lord. We can't do everything, but we can do some things. And it's important that we do what we can, that we are responsible for what we are given responsibility over in this life. And in eternity, there will be much reason for rejoicing. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. We can rejoice in that we were faithful in this life when at times we are tempted to turn away from God that we did not waver we can rejoice in the reward that is given to us based upon our faithfulness there are many that will face Christ in the day of judgment unfaithful and unprepared they cannot rejoice as we as Christians can and so we are given that reason for rejoicing and that reason to continue doing as we are able. I hope that we are bringing in the sheaves and I hope that we see the emphasis here that is placed upon sowing the seed and each of us as Christians doing our part in service to the Lord. 
I hope that you'll be able to be with us next week, Lord willing, as together we study another hymn. And I thank you for being with me today. And until we meet again, may God continue to bless you.